society, and status. Status within the world, the church, and even in our relationship with God. The outer appearance of man is, and his accomplishments may deem one to be well said. Our titles and trophies may give off a false sense of achievement and belonging. We may attempt to use our accolades and privilege as a rite of passage, an excuse to continue in this false facade, uh, fake it till you make it kind of attitude, if you will. When we begin to think our, of our relationship with God and we begin to think of the church as a religious checklist, then we lose sight of the meaning of knowing Christ. I myself am personally scared that I may become too religious and so traditional that I forget why I truly decided to follow Christ. I don't want to use my position as the only excuse to say that I know Christ. I do not want to use the longevity of my ministry or my attendance in church to be the only thing that defines my me knowing Christ. I don't want my suit and tie to fool anyone in thinking that I know Christ. Whether I accumulate numerous amounts of certificates or degrees, whether I add a few more letters to the beginning or the end of my name, whether I become ordained or not, whether the church fills up to the point of bursting at the seams, I refuse to allow such things to determine the level of me knowing Christ or claiming to know Christ. But the sad reality is, is that in today's society, whether I like it or not, such achievements may give off a false impression. But today, this morning, I want the church, I want the world to know that I know Christ not through the mountain pile of my achievements or accomplishments. I want the world and the church to know that I know Christ through my personal life. I want my preaching to reflect that. I want that through uh, interactions and conversation with everyone, that I personally know Christ. I want the world to be able to look beyond the false sense of confidence found in what Paul considered to be dung and rubbish compared to truly knowing and experiencing Christ, that it isn't about a checklist. It isn't about what I can prove to man tangibly that I know Christ. I want everyone to know that internally I know Christ. It is through the bearing of the fruits that one will know who truly knows Christ. In Matthew 7 it says you will know them by their fruits. I want that what I possess on the inside be made known rather than what may appear on the outside. I want what I may have achieved on this earth to not glorify me, but to glorify Christ. I want my testimony of what he had begun on the inside of me to bear witness to what God has done for me. I want us this morning to evaluate our quote-unquote accomplishments in life, our history here in the church, our level of accumulated knowledge, our committee and our ministerial positions, and ask ourselves, am I using this as a way to appear to the world that I know Christ? And if so, am I willing then to count these gains as losses in order to truly and personally know him? I want to try to 
exposed a false sense of confidence in our determination of knowing Christ. That is the introduction for this morning. And what I believe what Paul is doing this morning in verses 4 through 14, we have what it appears to be an autobiography, Paul's testimony. For the Bible readers here this morning and who have studied the life of Paul, we know that Paul was a persecutor of the church. Paul thought it was wise in his own mind that he was doing God a favor, so to speak, and killing Christians. We see that from birth to his adulthood that he had everything made, silver spoon in his mouth. His parents were highly intelligent. They sent him off to school. He was, as the scripture says, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Pharisee according to the law. He was faultless. So according to Paul's checklist, he had everything checked off on that list. Qualifying him to speak in this manner. Writing this letter to the church of Philippi while he is in prison. And for some reason, Paul in this time, while he was on his murderous tour, persecuting the church, he thought he had everything figured out. He thought that all his degrees, all his accolades, all his achievements, all his ribbons, all his medals, whatever the case was, that he had thought he had accumulated here on this earth, he thought that qualified him in his religious position. Paul is using himself this morning to say to the church, to say to all of us this morning, it doesn't matter what you've accumulated here on this earth. It doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church. It don't matter how long you've been on the, um, the committee board. It doesn't matter how, even if you were born up in this church. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. None of that should be used to say that you know Christ. I've been going to church for 30 years. I know Christ. Do you? If we think about the places that we frequent, what's a place here somebody frequents every single morning? Anyone can shout. Don't be scared. Turkey Hill. Turkey Hill. You go there every morning, right? Just about. Do you, uh, so the person that's behind the counter, do you know their name? Don't know her name. Uh, she's a nice gal. Okay. How long have you been going there? A few months. Okay. I'm looking for a little longer than that. But anyway, yeah. I live in Panera. How long have you been going there? Uh, seven years. Do you know the person's name? Yes, I do. All right, cool. Seen them a couple times. But does that justify me in saying I know him? 
Are we treating Christ like that this morning? I may know of that person, but I don't know that person. Doesn't matter how many years you've been around that person or how many times you frequent this particular establishment. If, you were to, if they were to ask you, do you know the teller? You'd be prompted to say yes. But in reality, if you think about it, do you really know that person? Case in point, do you, are we claiming to know Christ or do we really know Christ? Are we claiming this morning to say, I've heard of him, heard of that name, I may have heard a couple of his miracles and I may have heard a few things that me may have done, but that's about it. Do we really know Christ this morning? Is the question. Are we using the status of our salvation to say that we know Christ? Probably so. Are we using our membership here in this church to say I know Christ? So then if we answer that question, yeah, I know Christ, then comes the following question. What do you know about him? Uh, I don't know. I just know he died on the cross and he died for my sins. That's cool. That's, that's fine. That's the basis of the gospel. In order to know somebody, I would dare you then to walk a day in their shoes. If I wanted to know Larson, I'd say, Larson, listen here, brother. I'm going to follow you all day. I don't care where you go. I'm going to follow you to work. I'm not going to follow you to the bathroom, but <laughs> you get the gist. I'm going to follow him everywhere. And the reason why I want to follow him is because I want to see what he goes through. I want to see what makes him tick. I want to see what he gets annoyed at. I want to see what makes him furious. I want to see what he goes through on a daily basis. And that may continue on maybe a week or so. And then as I lay my head at night, I can, um, I can gather my thoughts and say, huh, I think I know Larson a little bit better. Because I know what makes him tick. I know what wakes him up in the morning. I know what gets him moving. I know what he likes. I know what he doesn't like. I know what he's sensitive to. I know what kind of food he likes. I know what he doesn't like to hear and what he does want to hear. I just walked a day in his shoes. Isn't that how we then know, how we begin to know someone? So then how is it then that we can know Christ? You got it. By walking in his shoes. But then you're asking me the question, and how do I fit those shoes? I'm not even worthy of putting on his sandals. My feet on a good day Probably a size eight. Who knows what size he is? I may not even be able to fit in his shoes. But even so, I want to attempt to lace up his boots, put them on my feet. Because my heart and my soul want to know him, I want to experience what he went through in order that I know him. And Paul does a great job. Paul is such a gifted apostle and preacher. Paul wanted to take it a step further and say, man, I really want to know Christ so much. I want to then experience 
his sufferings. I want to experience the power of the resurrection. I want to experience his death. Have we reached that level yet? When I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know Christ yet. I have no idea anything about Christ. You read about it, you hear about it, but how do we then experience that? How do we experience the power of his resurrection? In Ephesians chapter 1, 17, 17 through 20, it reads, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. See, the power that resurrected Jesus is the same power that we have within our spirits. And he's asking that that same power enlighten us, open our eyes, open our minds, open our hearts so that we can experience the power that came from the resurrection of Christ. To experience the power of his resurrection. What power possesses anyone to resurrect a human being from the dead? Only God can do that. So what Paul is saying is I want to experience Christ. I want to know him so much that I want to walk a day in his shoes. And that same power that resurrected Christ from the cross, I want it too. If you feel this morning that your bones are dry and brittle, that your spirit is, is, is dead, that you have no more energy in your body to continue in this walk that God has put us on, let us this morning experience that same power from the resurrection in our lives this morning. That it may open our eyes, our hearts, and our spirits. That we may connect to that. Get back on track. And say, God, I want to experience your power this morning and forevermore. He also wants to share in his sufferings. I mean, you think about it. If you really wanted to know someone, how far are you willing to go to know that person? You ask them questions. You want to see what they go through on a daily basis. But to what extent? How, to what extent are we this morning, how far are we going to know Christ is the question this morning. Ponder that as we continue, but think about it. Do we really know Christ? Are we really embracing the power from his resurrection? For if it weren't for the resurrection, it wouldn't even be possible for me to even be here. Paul wanted to experience the power, but he also wanted to share in his sufferings. 2 Corinthians Chapter 11, verse 23 to 28 reads, Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. Spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from the fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, 
and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have been often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. On a day-to-day -day basis, we go through some things. We go through these trials and tribulations, these struggles, the, the moments of hunger, the moments of, 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 of thirst. If we can think of what Jesus went through on, in, in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights. If you think about Jesus being 100% man and 100% God, Jesus had the ability to turn his deity on and off. And I believe that while he was in the desert, he was 100% man. In order for him to understand what we go through, Jesus had to use his human side to go through it. So I guarantee that whatever emotion we go through, whatever trial and tribulation, Jesus has been through it times 10. And as I was thinking of Jesus in the, in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, not eating, he may have even lost sleep. Who knows how much, he's, how much sleep he's lost. I used to work thirsty position for three years. Goodness gracious, how much sleep I've lost. I've reached, to the, I've reached the point of exhaustion. I really have. My sleeping pattern was terrible. Fridays and Sundays, I would be up 36 hours straight. And that's no lie. I would leave church on Sunday afternoon and be up all night. My shift would start at 10. I'd be up all night doing my shift. I'd come home. And I'm already looking at a 24-hour day without sleep. Friday morning, I would get out of work. I would not sleep. I'd do everything I needed to do, go to the store, barbershop, whatever the case was. Be up all night until about 11 or 12, and there is another 36 hours without sleep. And then the little bit of sleep that I got during the week. When I started that shift, my kids were in school, and I had to pick them up at 2.30. When I had to work a 12-hour shift, I was leaving work at 11. You can do the math. It's only about three or four hours of sleep that I would get daily, less than that. And I couldn't even go back to bed afterwards. So I've reached the point of exhaustion. So has Jesus. I've cried to my wife. I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm just so tired. I cried and I said, man, I can't do this. I prayed to God that he made an open, that he would open the door and get me out of there and move me on the first ship, which he has. And I praise God for that. But I got a glimpse of what I think Jesus went through in the wilderness. And if he got through it, by God, through the strength and the sufficiency of God, I can get through it too. And if we can go through such sorrow this morning, and we can face a death, and we can face trials and tribulations, it's also that we can gain power, strength, and, 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 and endurance to continue forward. Because in reality, Jesus went through it. There wasn't anything under the sun that Jesus didn't experience that we haven't gone through. So we should be honored that we are taking in and sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Because if God did it and God can do it, so can I. And because I have the power and the spirit and the authority in me from God and his spirit, then I can do it too. If anybody believes that in this room, it'd be screaming amen. Because I believe it today. And I pray that the spirit continues to convict me and continue to strengthen me and move me in that area. What I want us to consider this morning is do you really know Christ? Have you followed him 
on a day-to-day -day basis? Do you bug him and ask him what makes him tick and what makes him move and, and what makes him angry and, and, and what makes him disturbed? Have you asked those questions? Jesus, what was it like? What can I learn from you? I want to know you better. I want to walk a day in your shoes and I want to find out what made you tick and what made you react and, and, and what you preached to your people, what you gave them to help them so you can help me. If you want to walk with Christ, if you want to know him, I guarantee that you strap yourself up to this book here. And this would be considered walking a day in Jesus' shoes. Strap yourselves to the, to the word. Strap yourself to the scripture. And I encourage everyone this morning that after you leave this building here and you go home, ask Christ. Tell Christ, I want to know you better. What can I do to walk a day in your shoes? Show me what that was like. I want to know you better. God wants us to elevate in worship, elevate in this life. God doesn't want us to be lukewarm. God wants us to change. God wants us to, um, to grow in him, to not be stagnant. God created us to worship him, to grow in wisdom and knowledge. We're not going to experience that until we personally know God. Until we tap into the power of the resurrection until we continue into the suffering of Christ and we become like him in his death. Christ did it all. Christ paid it all. All we had to do was follow the blueprint. That's all we got to do. Christ did everything else. So what's your excuse this morning? Do you know him? Do you know of him? Or do you know him personally? Ponder that question this week. And I encourage you and challenge everyone this morning. Strap on his boots, his sandals. Strap yourselves to the word. Find out about him and know him personally. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds this morning to...